these days, listeners. I thought that I would change up the intro a little bit. Here we go. <laughs> Let's um, get ready to rumble. <laughs> and it <laughs> is <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Ooh, that would be a good one too. Maybe next week we'll yeah. do that. We'll add that one in next week. Um, hello, everybody. Thank you for being here today. Even though if it's not morning for you, it's morning for us. Um, yes. And this is a podcast about books where we talk about the books that we are uh, reading and we give our listeners um stuff to read when they ask us for it and so gosh i don't have anything to talk about today adam and i were just talking about um uh what are they called devious licks (laughs) earlier yeah the 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 tire tiresome tiktok trend of just messing up your school and especially the driving your teachers insane who already want to quit (laughs) because of the pandemic year (laughs) i could never be a teacher in college one of my professors was like Jessica, maybe you should be an English teacher. And I was like, absolutely not. I will not be doing that. I do not have the patience for that. No, thank you. Yeah, it's. I have the patience for the teaching in the classroom part. It's it's outside of the classroom, which I feel like most teachers will will tell you. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I will say that. So the current Devious Licks challenge, which I told you before, I I heard rumors that this started on Facebook as like, this isn't real. Like, hey, look at all these things that we're going to do throughout the year uh, at our school. But they're, they're happening anyway. So it doesn't really matter who started it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're still happening on TikTok. And the current one is slap a teacher. <laughs> uh, and this could be like, you just flat out, you know, backhand the the teacher or you just smack them on the ass um <laughs> i went i went on reddit reddit teachers subreddit teachers is a wonderful place well it was a wonderful place to be pre-pandemic you could go on if you had a question about anything you'd ask it uh there's thousands and thousands of teachers in there they'd answer it immediately uh everybody in every type of position is in there and they tag everything uh, this is a question. This is a rant. This is a satire piece. And now it's just rant, 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 oh, rant, no. rant, satire, rant, rant, rant. <laughs> and when this started, or when this one was announced, <laughs> all of the posts were like, bring it on. I can't wait to get hit so I can leave or char- charge the kids with assault. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Okay. All right. I think the odds of you being struck by a student are low, but. Oh, well, hopefully. Yeah, it is happening. I mean, I I do the news check for it every once in a while. And there are awful ones that have occurred, but I'm also like, okay, but it's not like you're only seeing one, mm-hmm. you know, which shouldn't happen at all. But yeah, it's yeah. it's bound. If somebody even suggests this is a possibility, there's bound to be one or two students that do it. Yeah, for sure. You were mentioning that there's one about a deck the halls with your balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my district had to send out notification to all staff and all parents i think it went out to all students too like please discuss with your children this this trend because uh, really we will have to for some of these pursue you know criminal charges because they are you know there's assault crimes you slap your teacher that's assault obviously but then they listed out every month of the year and everything's planned out and and december's deck the halls with your balls and they <laughs> they put that out in a serious email to parents and, and basically everyone who read it was going through and going oh this is awful oh i can't believe people are doing this <laughs> 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 which i'm not even sure what it i don't know it sounds like it, public nudity or something yeah you can't put that on tiktok like yeah i mean you could you could but it'd get taken down right away exactly and all of this stuff's 
being taken down right away but they just pick a different name for it and then mm. it goes it goes under the radar for a while um so we'll see we'll see what deck the halls with your balls that might be the last month that i work you know <laughs> i'm excited to see what happens <laughs> and i do not envy you for having to deal with that my God, kids are just wow especially like tweens and early teenagers oh my gosh yeah this would in a normal year be very annoying and somewhat concerned more than somewhat concerning but this year I mean, it's just everything is drowning us. Everybody wants to quit. Like if I could find five people in my school that were like, yeah, I'm good. I might feel feel good about it. Because at first I was like, oh, everyone's in the same boat. That's nice. But now that we're like two months in, like, oh, everybody wants to quit. (laughs) Everybody hates what they're doing. Everyone's staying up all night. So we'll see how it goes. But maybe that's what will push me. Push me over the edge is December. <laughs> December's challenge. Maybe. You'll have to keep me posted on if anything happens with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. I will say, I, I, I wanted to say <clears throat> to the to the readers, to the, I always say readers, to the listeners, um, I was not sick for full two full weeks straight. We recorded like at the same time the past two episodes. I realized that I sounded like garbage because oh. I was sick, so it would carry through two weeks. So I'm not sick. I will cough occasionally, but I'll try to cut that out. Adam is not dying, listeners. Don't don't worry. He's fine. I'm not. My immune system is just terrible because of stress. So. Yeah. You get a cold, you're down for the count for a week. Mm-hmm. So bring on the colds. Bring it on. And bring on the books. We can talk bring about the books. What, we're, what we're reading. I didn't finish anything for this week. It's been a crazy week with my new job. Mm. Um, Busy. And so, But I am reading two books, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about anything that you finished first. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious about your take on the book that I'm about to talk about. I actually only finished a book this week because of work. Um, This week, the stress boiled to the point where I was like completely shutting down Mm -hmm. Um, and really like didn't feel like I could I could like make it through the day. And when that happens, I have always gone to my bookshelf and this hasn't happened in a while. And I pulled down a Charles Bukowski book. Uh, usually, it's book poetry. Uh, this time, it was one of his um, one of his novels. And he didn't write too many novels, but it's really what launched him into being famous in the first place. So this is called "It's Post Office." It's from 1973, I believe, and it is a you know, it's a shit job story. It's all of his work is about this. And here's where I want to get your take on it. Um, it is about his <laughs> sexual relationships, his gambling, his raging alcoholism, um, and his shitty jobs. And it, they're autobiographical novels. So they're very much based on things that happen uh, with a lot of tweaks um, and stretches. For example, um, his one of his ex-wives is in the novel, and she in the novel she's like this this wealthy Texas you know millionaire who takes him off to Texas for a while, and hilarity ensues. And that very much was not not the case. Like she was she was poor, like he was poor in real life, and they never went somewhere. So there's definitely definitely inflates himself to a certain extent, but I've always drawn comfort from his writing which is bizarre to me um because like (laughs) i'm not chauvinistic and he is like mega mega chauvinistic um to to an uncomfortable degree 
basically you can like if you look up misanthropic in the dictionary you'll see a picture of charles bukowski the person that hates absolutely everyone and everything but his audience is insane it's insane to me how diverse his audience is and like how famous he was able to become based based pretty much on this novel he had he had a press that had been putting out he basically won the post office job was the straw that broke the camel's back he worked at the post office for three years um it just insane hard manual labor he's working in um california like in los angeles and then he quit for i think two years because he was making enough money at the at the horse races gambling that he didn't have to he didn't have to go back to work that's impressive that for two up. whole years it's very impressive and then that dried up and he went back to work for 12 years or 10 to 10 years i believe sorting mail so it's just 10 years of him sorting mail oh into here's all the bags where it needs to go the the following day and then he turned 50 and, and and basically said, okay, I can stay here and and kill myself through work or I can quit, write, and starve. And starving is a better option to me at this point. So then through poverty, he just, he, he wrote his way out of it to annoyingly borrow a line from, from Hamilton. So he was writing poetry and Black Sparrow Press was publishing him and his publisher said like, hey, the poetry is great, but if you want to really make, make a name for yourself and make money, write a novel. And then he wrote a novel in like a month. He wrote oh like gosh. post office in a month and it was, it may have been three weeks and came in and was like, here's the manuscript, go ahead. And I was like, how did you possibly write a novel in that short amount of time? time exactly. published it and it's it has sold millions of, of copies so it's crazy to me that a book that's written in the way it's written um becomes that famous and i'll tell you what i don't i don't know if i can recommend this book um there is content warnings out the wazoo clearly for this one and there's a scene that i had to go back and read because i was like did this actually happen um but there is a there's there's a rape scene that's in the book. And I like it forced me to stop reading and really like look up and see like, OK, what's going on with this? Why? And again, I came down to and this is what I want to ask you. Where is that? Where is that diversity of readership coming from? Um, because he's been like he's had whole poems lifted MF Doom, the rapper MF Doom used uh his his poem born born into this played the entire thing through his song his uh, er, through the song bono from u2 was like like obsessed with him hung out with him all the time like helped him with helped him with money and, and, and publishing um killer mike uh, from run the jewels when their last album came out the the most impactful song have you listened to run the jewels before mm -mm. do you know who that is no it's a it's a rap duo they shortly after George Floyd protests, they dropped an album and they had a song that like would still like stop you in your tracks the first time that you heard it because it was like exactly what was going on with George Floyd, like to a T. And then you realize like, oh, they they had to have recorded this way before mm -hmm. this happened, um, but they're just describing the exact situation like in, in interviews they're like yeah like we're just describing what's happening in the world so no surprise that it that it happened again and there's a line in there from 
from Killer Mike where he talks about like I'm just gonna stay inside, <laughs> like and I'm gonna read I'm gonna read Chomsky, I'm gonna read Bukowski, and Chomsky is like the you know mega Noam Chomsky is the mega mega liberal anti capitalist anti you know neoliberalism philosopher, and then you have Bukowski like in the same spot. Bukowski was entirely apolitical because he hated everything and everyone. <laughs> so there's no politics in in his books at all. Harry Styles has stopped One Direction concerts to read Bukowski. Really? Uh, I've I've had I've had students, members of the LGBTQ community who who have read his most misogynistic books and have been like, "This is wonderful. You have to read this." So my question to you is because it's a little ineffable for me. Like I can't quite grasp onto what it is. Like, what do you think's going on there? Why do you think that is occurring with this man? So I'll be honest with you, even though I was an English major in college, I've never, ever, ever read any poems or novels by him. So You wouldn't. You wouldn't in college. I did not I did not either. This is this is kind of a person that's like, hey, like <laughs> read this on the down though. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not sure because so you were talking about that there's a rape scene in there and that's kind of what spurred that on for you like that question. Mm -hmm. So I don't know because hmm, it sounds like most of the people that you listed were male, but you also said that you've had um, students that were members of the LGBTQ community read mm -hmm. it and like it. So I'm not sure. I think that I would have to read. Um, something by him to be able to answer that question fully. It sounds like something that I would take issue with, though, because I was um when I was reading that uh book, oh gosh, what was it? God's behaving badly. There, yeah. it was really good, and then there was just like a seemingly random time where one of the gods was like, "Oh, I want to rape you," to this other character, right? And that right, yeah. bothered me, and I like, I that just pissed me off so much. So yeah. I feel like I would not like it. And my immediate reaction is that maybe more males react to or like it better than more females. But mm -hmm. you've also said that you've had people in the LGBTQ community like it as well. And I feel like... Yeah. And I think you, I think you have to take like... <laughs> I'm, I'm providing anecdotal evidence here but but i've also seen and, and i wish i could remember this right now but um there's a female poet that put something out not too long ago um something about like the the, uh, the ghost of charles bukowski but very so you could tell like okay these these are poems that are in the style of bukowski bukowski is one of those guys who like with his poetry he's the most imitated poet in america even if you haven't read him mm. um and I'm sure you've, you've probably seen things along those lines with with having the press um, where it's just very, very honest, straightforward, not flowery, write, written poetry. Um, he's not I'm not saying he's imitated well, <laughs> but that's kind of that's kind of where that popularization comes from. I, th I think I might know what what part of it is. I think I think this might be part of it. And bear with me with this. But there's there's. In schools right now, at least where I teach, and keep in mind, I teach in a school that is extremely diverse and very wealthy, um, and diverse from the standpoint like where I am, I am in the minority, 
And it's been very popular for the past couple years where kids are, are listening to and wearing t-shirts of 90s gangster rappers. And they're very, very much into it. Okay. Um, and that is music. I mean, you're looking at Tupac, you're looking at Biggie, you're looking at, at, at all of those artists who were very, <laughs> you know, talked about violence um, and and the misogyny of, of that era of hip hop was just like insane. I'm sure I'm sure you know this. And I, and I think it might be maybe a similar appeal of just it's not a condoning of the content it is a recognition of this is a person who is writing absolutely everything which is mu- with as much honesty as this person can muster like i, f- I feel like no one's cheering bukowski on <laughs> like mm-hmm. no, no one likes this guy like he is a quintessential anti-hero in his novels and I think that might be where it comes from, that recognition of just like, oh, I can I can be in terms of influencing writers too. like I, I want to be that honest, like I don't want to be that person. But in my writing, I want to be that honest. I've heard it described before as like, you know, I'm not I can't relate to the misogyny. I can't re- relate to the, the gambling and the alcoholism. But there's something in there. There's a spark of something that's that's like I recognize that that core of humanity. I just wish it wasn't wrapped up in so much trouble. So I'm kind of baffled by it. So maybe that's something to do with it. Yeah. Immediately, I just thought that, you know, people who enjoy reading Bukowski maybe um, resonated or had the same thoughts as him, like that he, you know, hated all of these things. But I also right. now that you said that. I think it could be that people often want to look at people who have different viewpoints than them and just kind of see how they see the world. So that could also be part of it. It could be. It definitely could be. It's um, I I mean, I kind of like how complex it is um, because you figure in 2021, like, like Bukowski would be just like, you know, we persona non grata we don't talk about that person anymore like we just don't we don't read that anymore and yet there's huffington post articles from writers that are like here's why you should read charles bukowski i'm like okay huffington post is not (laughs) it's not a conservative uh, uh organization by any means and that's the thing too is that um if you don't know your history then you're bound to repeat it so you have to go back and and look at um you know how people like I'm sure he was uh, a misandrist is that how you say it like he hated women misanthrope that's what I was looking for oh misogynist yeah you misogynist yes I'm sure that probably comes across and correct me if I'm wrong but I'm sure that probably comes across in his stuff so uh, yeah very much so (laughs) it's probably like you people are are going back to his writing and analyzing it so that they can be better people and not do the things that he does and say the things that he does so maybe that's as well and and i think too like it's he has these moments in the book he has a kid um like the baby is born in the book and like that is one of those points where it's like you're kind of like oh god what's gonna happen now and he completely like melts for this child and that's accurate to real life 
Um, he was a horrible person, but he absolutely adored his child. And there's there's a scene in the book too. I think some of the characterization just just comes through so solidly. Like a character will come in and he doesn't waste time saying like, here's the background of this person. But when he needs to give a background, like you immediately are familiar with the character. And when he needs to give a background, a paragraph is enough for it. And you really care for what's going on here. One of his, his girlfriends passes, passes away um, due to alcoholism in the book. And that's one of those scenes too, where it all happens in the course of like, four pages um like worried about her one chapter has to leave next chapter and then the next chapter starts with the funeral was planned for and then it moves into the to the funeral um but there's a scene where like he's he's in the hospital room he finally like tracks her down and he's trying to get like the nurses to help and it's all written in in dialogue like this is how it's written like we're doing all we can here sir but there's nobody there we make our regular rounds but where are the doctors i don't see any doctors the doctor has seen her sir why do you just let her lay there? We've done all we can, sir. Sir, sir, sir. Forget about the sir stuff, will you? I bet if it were the president or the governor or the mayor or some rich son of a bitch, there would be doctors all over the room doing something. Why do you just let them die? What's the sin in being poor? I've told you, sir, that we've done all we can do. I'll be back in two hours. Are you her husband? I used to be her common law husband. May we have your name and phone number? I gave her that. Then I hurried out. And then chapter 10. The funeral was to be at 1030, but it was oh already gosh. hot. I had on a cheap black suit, bought and fitted in a rush. It was my first new suit in years. I had located the son, her son. We drove along in his new Mercedes Benz. I had traced him down with the help of a slip of paper with the address of his father-in-law on it. Two long distance calls and I had him. By the time he had driven in, his mother was dead. She died while I was making phone calls. The kid, Larry, had never fit into the society thing. He had a habit of stealing cars from friends, but between the friends and the judge, he managed to get off. Then the army got him and he somehow got into a training program. And when he got out, he walked into a good paying job. That's when he stopped seeing his mother, when he got that good job. That is, that's impressive that he's able to do that so quickly. And, and also I resonated with the fact that he was talking about how, you know, if it was a mayor or the president or some rich person, then the doctors Mm -hmm. would care about that person more. But if you're poor, no one really cares about you. So I guess that's also um, something that people can resonate with is that kind of stuff that he's talking about. But I really, I really enjoyed how he was able to do that so quickly. And yeah, well, he's a good writer. He's 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 a wonderful writer. And then at the same time, by the end of that, like one of like at the funeral, one of um, her friends calls and she's like, how are you holding up? And he's like, I always wanted to bang this woman. Can I do it now? <laughs> like oh it slips God. right back, slips right back into that. Um, but I guess that's where that that honesty comes from. There's a Modest Mouse song called Bukowski. And the first lyric of that song is um, I woke up this morning and every day it seems to be every day turns out to be more like Bukowski. And I know it's a pretty good read. But God, who'd want to be such an asshole? <laughs> I'm like that. that. Maybe that sums it up. I don't know. So there you go. Post Office by Charles Bukowski. Um, that's what you can expect <laughs> going into it. Very problematic. Um, but it, I just get fascinated by it. Because by the end of reading Bukowski, especially the poetry, but for this one I read specifically because I was like, I need a shit job story right now. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I need. Um like I didn't think I could go into work the next day. And then after reading for like an hour and a half, like I got up the next day and was like, okay, we're good. We're fine. I feel good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe that could be a 
a recommendation question that someone asks us is, I hate my job. Can you recommend books to help me through it? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I have plenty of plenty of books for that. We'll have to do that. It's Well, some, yeah. someone should write in and ask us to do that, and then we'll do it. I'll write in from Anonymous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, did you have any other books to talk about? Okay. So No, that's the only one that I, I finished. Okay. And I didn't finish anything. So so you're you're doing better than me this week. Um, I am reading two different books right now. And let me put my glasses on so I can see my notes because I am blind. Um, the first one I'm reading is one that I was reading last week as well. So I'll just I'll just give the same synopsis that I did last week. Um, so it is a modern retelling of the myth of Persephone and Hades, and I love Greek mythology. I love I love Greek myth uh, retellings. I really got hooked on it after I read Circe by Madeline Miller. Mm. Um, but if you don't know the Greek myth of Persephone and Hades, Hades is the god of the underworld, and in Greek mythology, and Persephone is the goddess of spring, and Persephone enters into a contract with Hades, who says that she has to bring life to the underworld, and she has six months to do it, or there will be consequences. And the consequence is that for the rest of eternity, she would have to spend every six months in the underworld, and then she'd get six months in the upper world, and she'd have to do that forever. And... So this is a modern retelling of that story where it takes place in New Greece, which is obviously a fictitious place, but basically there's been a huge war that's taking place before this book starts, so you don't get any of that. There's a huge war, and the gods came down from their mountain they live on, Olymp Olympia? Olympus? Mm, I Olympus. Mount Olympus, yes. And... um. So they basically live as celebrities on Earth now, and Persephone's mother is Demeter, who is the goddess of, like, growing things. And Demeter did not want the rest of the gods knowing about Persephone, so she has kept Persephone a secret from the rest of the gods for her whole life. But Persephone is like, I want to go do stuff. And so Demeter lets her go to Earth to go to college um, and she has to disguise herself as a human, so she has to use magic to, like, hide horns that all the gods have, and they mm. have really creepy eyes, like, bottle green eyes, and all, that's how they're described. <laughs> so she uses yeah. magic to kind of conceal that, and she just lives as a regular human who's going to college, she's in journalism school, and <laughs> eventually she goes to a nightclub that Hades owns because all of the gods have like their own thing that they do. Yeah. And she meets, he would. Yeah, she, she meets Hades at this exclusive nightclub and they have an immediate attraction for each other. And then Hades is known for kind of being an asshole. And he, what he does is he has mortals gamble with him. Um, the, Maybe a mortal would be like, oh, I have cancer, and I would like it to go away. I'd like more time on Earth. And Hades is like, oh, play this card game with me. If you win, I'll grant you that. If you lose, I take your soul. So he's kind of known for being an asshole like that. Yeah, and it's a lot of uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia kind of deal. I have not. That's a book? Song. Oh, a song. Oh, wait, yeah. maybe I have heard that song. That's the song where it's like, you got to play the fiddle better than me, oh, or I take yes. your soul. 
OAR has a song too, where it's a poker game, where it's like the it's Satan will take your soul if you don't win the game. I've heard the I've heard that first song. I actually really liked mm. that song when I was younger. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, Hades and Persephone play a card game, but Persephone does not understand that it's for. It's that she's getting into a contract here. She <laughs> thinks that she's just playing a card game with Hades, and so that's how she kind of gets duped into doing the. You have six months to bring life to the underworld, or you're you're gonna have to stay with me for six months under under the earth and the underworld, and then six months above ground for the rest of eternity the only issue like okay persephone is the goddess of spring so Mm -hmm. and her mother is demeter who grows things all the time so she should be able to do that the thing is that um she everything she touches dies so (laughs) it's basically impossible for her to do that and doesn't have a green thumb yeah so everyone sees hades as this really bad god but actually what he does is like I I mentioned before that he he has some different contracts with mortals and one of the other contracts was that um this alcoholic wanted something but he would definitely he would challenge the alcoholic to get sober in order to get what he wanted from Hades and so Hades typically does that with people to to make them better so he told he told Persephone that she has to bring life to the underworld because he wants her to challenge herself to make herself a better person. Yeah, so even though he's he's seen as an asshole, he's actually not. Yeah. He's just trying to make people better. And I'm only halfway through it so far, but I really like it. I there are some there are some consistency issues, I think I want to say in mm-hmm. that like she's on the phone and she's Persephone's on the phone, she's walking down the street and then some person just starts talking to her and you never she never hangs up the phone and then she just gets like a text from the person that she was just talking to and there's just <laughs> some issues like that that come about which it, i mean it's not it's not ter- a terrible but i just think it's kind of funny um yeah, it's a little, little bit of an editor editor problem i think that this was self published which is really oh, interesting okay. to me because it's very popular now it's in barnes and noble everywhere and so i'd have to check and make sure that it's self-published but i'm pretty sure it is um that that do you know the book the martian by andy weir yeah so that was self-published oh really yeah yeah he published that for free like on his website and then 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 like a, a you know sold it to a bigger company so i wonder if it's one of those things where it had already been self-published and then she got it into you know somebody's mm-hmm. clearly going to pick it up if everybody's buying it and loving it yeah yeah i have to check into that and i'll I'll give a, an update next week um yeah. it's a little slow it's kind of like a slow burn romance that's the whole point of the story is that it's a mm. romance um i give it like a 3.5 out of 5 stars so far and i will finish it for next week and give my my final thoughts it's sad. We talked about those trends before it sounds great but it sounds very similar to god's behaving badly mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I yeah, there's that that trend right now that yeah. um there's just a bunch of Greek mythology retellings. I have like 10 of them sitting on my shelf that I picked up in the past year or so. Yeah. I'll tell you what the for from what I've seen in schools, like Harry Potter has always been popular, right? Mm-hmm. It hit it hit when I was like when I was a kid and it still is popular. Maybe not as popular, but still very popular. And 
that we don't talk about as much, but like the the Percy Jackson series mm-hmm. is still as popular as it was when it when it came out. I was obsessed with those. Yeah, and I imagine those kids are gonna. Well, see, exactly. You did the same thing. They're yeah. gonna move into these books mm-hmm. after after they start to grow up a little bit. Cool. That's I. I want to check some of these out. I just bought my wife a song for Achilles. Achilles. Oh yes. I don't. Okay. I was reading it. I was enjoying it. I loved it so much. And I don't know why. I think it was I was about to move when I was reading it, mm. and I set it down. I never picked it back up, and I need to yeah. get back on that. I need to finish that because it was really good. I, I haven't heard any bad things about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I have another book that I'm currently reading, but I will let you talk about what you're currently reading, and then I'll talk about that other book. Sure, I talked about it a little bit uh, last week, and I'm I'm almost done with it. And it's a twenty. It's, it's an audio book, so it's a twenty hour book, and I have um, about four four hours left, so I'm almost there. Uh, but it's it came from the video aisle inside Charles Band's Full Moon Entertainment Studio by J. David William S. Wilson and Dewey Torsten, and. Just to give you a very quick recap from last week, um, actually, I'll read the description. Last week I just described it, but here's the here's the Goodreads description for you. Charles Band's Full Moon Entertainment was the most remarkable B movie studio of the 1990s, responsible for a barrage of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror classics during the last true golden age of the home video era. From Puppet Master to Trancers and Beyond, Full Moon transformed the VHS experience for fans worldwide bringing the inner workings of the movie-making process into the living room and in turn creating a ravenous fan base that remains to this day. This book tracks the history of the company from its late 80s birth along the ruins of the American drive-in in through its bid to survive in the modern digital world, featuring rare artwork, which I can't see, behind the scenes photos, which I also can't see, and over 50 exclusive interviews with the cast and crew who helped create the legendary B-movie studio. It's an essential read for any cult film fan still lamenting the death of the mom and pop video store. I started to remember, I talked about this a little bit last week, but I really started to remember with this book like how important the video store was to absolutely everybody. Uh, like everybody that I knew knew about these films, at least the Puppet Master films, um, even if they hadn't seen them, because they were plastered all over like Blockbuster. Uh, and you would get movies like this all the time. <clears throat> Blockbuster would get movies from like B tier studios and, and C tier studios and, and Z tier studios <laughs> to to rival the the bigger companies you'd go in to get a new movie this would happen all the time you'd go in to get a new movie and they would have hundreds and hundreds of copies of this movie say like jurassic park and they'd all be gone (laughs) like by the time you got there everybody has checked out so like everybody in town was coming in and what you would do you would look for something similar so that's how i ended up uh, watching prehysteria which is the it's the movie came out the same time as as jurassic park and it's and it's about kids who discover these tiny cute little dinosaurs and they have to keep them from the from the bad museum owner who wants to put them on display (laughs) i rewatched it recently it's a terrible film (laughs) but i loved it as a kid um because that's just kind of how the the video system worked or if you were older you'd go for roger corman's (laughs) carnosaur not a well-remembered film but that's where that stuff was that stuff was coming from and everybody that i knew like you you would you would go to the movie theater or to the blockbuster Friday night. You'd see people there from town that you knew and you would pick up several, like we'd pick up two or three movies 
And that's what we do. We would have a movie night and then I would have a movie, you know, but probably one of these movies that I would watch. My sister would have a movie that she would watch. And typically that was just us watching each other's movies. And that's how it went. If you went over to a friend's house, it was the same thing. They had checked out movies from from Blockbuster. So it's interesting to see that and remember that if you have nostalgia for that period, it's definitely something to something to check out. Uh, if you don't like horror movies, I, I would probably stray from it and not and not watch it. But from the historical standpoint, it's very, very interesting. I mean, the part now where it's he, Charles Ban, who owns the studio, is getting into streaming. And he was, he was always kind of ahead of the curve on adapting to these things. So like when Redbox became a thing, when Netflix was coming out with like, you know, you could only get DVDs, like he signed an exclusive deal with, with uh, Redbox, <laughs> which he broke off because they didn't want him to make the film um the ginger dead man versus evil bong (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and he i think at this point he wanted out of his contract so he was like now i'm gonna make it anyway and then they they cut ties with him (laughs) but then he he created his own his own streaming service to to separate from from netflix and then eventually which is what what's happening now you know you can you can do this directly through him you can you can log on to his app and pay for his streaming service or you just go into your to your Amazon Prime account and click like subscribe to full moon entertainment and then you have it there so he's been able to survive making these schlocky movies from 1989 to now that's which is crazy. kind of amazing we love a good businessman yeah. 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 He's definitely made he's there's been times where he's almost <laughs> lost it and lost everything. And certainly the quality is not where it was before. They used to be united with with Paramount um, and then Paramount cut ties. And then they were with this firm um, Locke and I can't I can't remember the other person. And they were making quality films and then they split and then they were making films for like a couple thousand bucks. And they're they so bad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still out there if you want to watch Ginger Dead Man or, or Evil Bong? I have I've made it through because I subscribed as I'm watching this. I'm like, I want to watch some of these. Also, I'm really sick. Um, so I, I've made it through Puppet Master one through five. Let me tell you, they don't get any better after three. <laughs> <laughs> but the but one gets better or two gets better than one and three gets better than two. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of amazing from that standpoint. The first three are really good if you're into tiny puppets killing people. <laughs> um, so there's that. They've got the subspecies, uh, Mandroid, Robot Wars, Bloodlust, which is subspecies three, Shrunken Heads, The Killer Eye. Um, there's one in here that's like, um, The Dead Hate the Living. <laughs> like, all kinds of stuff like that is in there. Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust. Oh, my God. I can't. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. One was like test tube teens from Planet X or something like oh that. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait yeah. until I have kids. I'm like, back in my day, we had to go yeah. to the to the store to pick up a, yeah. a DVD to, if we wanted to watch a movie. Back in my day, we had to stream onto a screen instead of directly into our brains. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be so creepy. <laughs> no, I think about some some of the things that I I know how technology works because I am in marketing and I know how how we can target people using some technology. I'm like, this is this is creeping me out. I I don't mm. like it. Ugh. You should you should start um 
<laughs> I, I'll never recommend watching C-SPAN, but the Facebook whistleblower case is going on right mm. now. Those testimonies are, I think they'd be right up your alley. I see, like there was that Netflix documentary that came out about uh, Facebook. Mm. Did you watch that one? I have not. I've seen the social network though. Amazing what, film. Gosh, what Wonderful is it? Film. What is it called? It just talks about like how Facebook tracks you and all of this, yeah. the bad things about Facebook. And my dad's like, you should watch that. It was really good. And I was like, I know that I have to use Facebook for my job and I would just yeah. rather not know <laughs> the bad things um, about it. And that's probably naive on my part, but I just, I just don't want to know. I don't want to yeah. know. Yeah. It's, I, I know what documentary you're talking about. I think at that point I was like, yeah, I just, I, I always assume the worst of Facebook. So I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I will talk about the other book that I'm currently reading, which is called Everybody Writes by Anne Handley. Hmm. And I had mentioned that I wanted to start reading more business books because I want to improve my skills at work. So I picked this one up and it's basically just a guide on how to copyright, which it goes really into depth on how to exactly outline your article, how you should be talking to your audience to get them to resonate with whatever you're writing, how to edit your article, and all of that stuff. And I'm really liking it so far because it, it's not dry. It's very funny. And um, it's also kind of making me mad <laughs> because these are super simple things that I never learned in any of my marketing classes in college. I have a degree in marketing, and I did not know that you should um, be directing the stuff, or you should use specific language to get people to resonate with what you're writing. If it's like something like marine boat equipment, and I don't care about marine boat equipment, but this copywriter knows the skills to make me care about it. That's so interesting to me that I like, I should have learned that in school and I did not. And yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's kind of making me a little mad, but it's also, I think, a really good resource for me to to help uh, further on my skills, my marketing skills at work. Would you say it translates to a general audience or it remains pretty niche? That it's just for marketers? Is that what you mean? Right, right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people nowadays have blogs just about random stuff. Like, if you yeah. have a blog about, I don't know, if you have a blog about dogs, I think you could read this book and really learn how to make your audience care about what you're writing mm -hmm. about. I think that it's a really good um, tool for anyone to use, honestly. Yeah, I was going to say, you've, you've definitely piqued my interest with it. And I think even if you don't do content editing like reading a book about content editing i believe is is very important mm -hmm. um like i have i have a book on writing nonfiction that that is that is a very good resource to have even if i don't necessarily write a lot of nonfiction. so mm -hmm. i think any kind of writing book is is helpful maybe not technical writing but this is not technical writing this is grabbing your attention the attention of your readership even if it's a specific readership right yeah and it also talks about um you know before you write your article this is how you should outline it and mm. she really talks about before you start writing anything you should write a tweet about what you're gonna write and it's basically um you know a tweet is 140 characters or i think it's now 240 or something like that but it's a really short 
description of what you're going to write. It's um, what you're going to write and then why people should care. And you keep mm. that at the top of whatever you're writing, kind of like in the header. So you can yeah. keep looking back at that as you're writing it. Um, gosh, I'm only like halfway through it right now. So I'm sure that I'll have more to talk about when I finish it. But and I'm only at, you know, the very beginning stages of of writing the article um, in in. I've only gotten to the part where she's at the very beginning stages of how to start outlining and start writing your article. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be getting into the editing part of it pretty soon. So I will, I will get back to you on that. Of, but I, for now, I think that this could be a good resource for anyone to pick up. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, you've sold me on it for sure. Unless the back half is tragically awful, but I doubt that. <laughs> it's also really funny too. So it's... It's pretty quick. I do take a lot of notes when I am reading books like this, though, so it is taking me yep. a little bit to get through. So you're that people, you get nothing with your college degree. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, if yeah. I had a child, and this is, I honestly feel like it's not a reflection on just my school, no. but it's everyone I've talked to is like, college is a scam. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're like a doctor or something, <laughs> like like you have to go to college to be a doctor. Yeah. But you like in marketing, I'm going to I'm doing another um, like a, a marketing boot camp put on by the University of Minnesota. And I was very wary about going into it. But I started looking at their um, their curriculum and it it was talking about, you know, content writing, learning how to do SEO or do a project on creating a WordPress um, site. I never learned any of that in school. And so I think that this would be a really good program to me for me to get into. I'm just upset that, you know, (laughs) this program is so much cheaper and so less so much less time than my four year degree. This program, I'll be done with it in four months and oh, I amazing. feel like I'll come away with it then w- more with more than what I ever learned in in my college degree I'm getting a little yeah. irritated <laughs> get a little yeah. irritated about it I honestly I think that if I had kids I'd be like I I don't know that you need to go to college like if you work hard enough and oh gosh that's a, that's the thing that you know you kind of have to have a college degree to be able to get any kind of office job nowadays nowadays but honestly i think that if you and i hope no one takes this to heart and i don't want to be be responsible for anyone's um (laughs) career choices here but honestly i think that um i could have learned so much more about marketing just starting a marketing blog than going to school so yeah i it's 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 certainly changed like <laughs> you don't you don't need a college degree for a lot of things and i think just with the the costs um i've seen so many kids graduate and and they're very well off because they go into a they go into a technical program they go into a training field and they're finding now too there's a report i should find maybe axios put it out where there are hundreds of thousands of people who are fully qualified um, for for higher paying specialized jobs who can't get them because they require a college degree mm-hmm. <laughs> and then those jobs sit without somebody in in the position so i think you might start to see changes from that standpoint but i'm in the same boat i didn't like i didn't learn hardly anything about teaching in my undergrad i learned a hell of a lot in my master's classes 
Um, and that master's I took on because I didn't learn anything in my <laughs> undergrad. Not that I didn't have classes that I loved, but they had nothing to do with I loved my ge my geology course, one of the best courses I ever took. I don't fucking need geology yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. to teach English. <laughs> no, and I, for my marketing degree, I I majored in both English and marketing, for anyone who's listening. Um, but for my marketing degree, I had to take three accounting classes. But, like, yeah. I could see maybe one accounting class, but three. Like, see, like I'm not going to be an accountant. I, <laughs> yeah. Teach me I something if you, else. If you make, if you get, like eventually run your own business that's important skills to know yeah 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 definitely there's a there's a uh, frank zappa performance i can't remember the song but the the gag on stage was all right now he is like now he is rolling up a college degree he's gonna smoke this college degree <laughs> and it's filled with nothing absolutely nothing you get nothing he gets nothing with his college degree <laughs> yeah exactly and i know that we have some younger people that listen to to the listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah, sorry about do that. not take do not take career advice from us you do what you want that is your decision we're just saying that's our that's our experience that we've had we're, in college we're saying don't feel like you're stuck on one path yeah exactly <laughs> but it's a path you can take it mm -hmm. i enjoyed college i'm just saying most of my classes felt useless yeah yeah but it's also hard like you said that you know you have to have a college degree to be able to get right. into those higher paying jobs, which is stupid. But you certainly can't teach, right? <laughs> can't teach without a degree. Although the next couple of years, maybe that'll be the case. Yeah. With how many people are quitting. Yeah. All right. Well, now that our, now that our little rant is over, uh, <laughs> but should we go into our recommendation question? Yes, spooky season questions spooky season. begin. I'm so happy it's Halloween season. Me too. I love Halloween. It's my favorite. Um, so we had a question that came in from Devin who said, I'm looking for a good ghost story, something more in the vein of Mikado or Tadeo than horror, i.e. literary, speculative, feminist, and maybe surreal. And I have two for this one. Um, the first one is not necessarily a ghost. It doesn't really have anything to do with like ghosty stories, but it is feminist, surreal, um, kind of speculative kind of literary so it's on all of that the second one i have has to do more with ghosty stuff but this one is one of my favorite books that i've ever read it is a a collection of short stories little feasts by jules archer this is only 78 pages and i flew through this thing and then i just immediately reread re it and i never reread books it is full of fun and super weird stories. They're all told from a female perspective. And I like that almost all of the stories end in a plot twist or a cliffhanger. That's really fun. Like one of the stories called Happiness Lies and Reno Rush is a one paragraph story, hmm. but it really packs a punch. And like there's an affectionate tone throughout the piece, but that in that last sentence, just everything changes and you have to go back and look at that paragraph and be like, whoa, oh, you just look at that. it in a different light. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I, when I read that, I was just so surprised and I just had to put the book down for a second and I was like, <laughs> whoa, that's crazy. Um, oh man. I love, I love a bit of micro fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You would, you would really enjoy this book. I think I have a digital copy of it. I can send it over to you. Um, but yes, I, I don't think that there are any ghosts in here that I remember. I read this like two years ago, but I will, I think that it will satisfy the 
like feminist weird story itch that you're looking for there is a content warning for one of these stories though there's a story called backseat blues and it features a woman that's dealing with mental illness and suicidal tendencies so if that's Mm. not something that you like to read about i'd definitely skip that story but there's another (laughs) another weird story that i wanted to mention i think it's the first story where the gosh what is I can't remember what the first line of it is, but it it got me from the beginning. It's about a girl whose sister likes to have sexual relations with trees and plants and things. It's so funny and it's so weird. So I definitely think that uh, this is a good recommendation for this question. I remember you talking about that at at some point. Mm. So for this one, for me, uh, and I've very much been getting back into horror because um, that's mainly what I read and watched when I was when I was a lot younger. I never got into ghost stories. Um, mm. I like actively <laughs> tried to get away from ghost stories because I just I just hated them. Um, but I, I I will say, and I've recommended this before. If you've not read The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, um, I mean that is like textbook. I think what you're looking for. Odds are you probably have, but if you, if you have not, if you're looking for something that has a, a feminist slant to it, um, and it, and it certainly, certainly does to the point and, and psychological and surreal. I mean, it's very much a, a book where you, you don't leave with a solid answer of, is there a ghost here? There is something supernatural going on and it seems to be attributed to a ghost, but you also have a character who very much like the, the yellow wallpaper by Charlotte, mm-hmm. Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Yes. Is that- Okay. Um, She's very psychologically impacted by her surroundings and the time period and her isolation. And and Shirley Jackson's life comes through there as well. Like the domestic, the domestic responsibilities um, that were were placed upon her and and how that that impacts her. So definitely check out Haunting of Hill House. I forget. Have you read Haunting of Hill House? I have not, but I have read The Yellow Wallpaper. Mm. I would... definitely recommend that you read um haunting of hill house that's that's one um so i i've not read anything that i can recommend however i did see recommendations from oh who wrote it's a book that you've read mexican gothic sylvia moreno garcia there you go there we go thank you thanks for the save sylvia moreno god garcia um some of her recommendations one of her recommendations is the girl from the well by rin chupico um, and here's the description on this one. I am where dead children go. Okiku is a lonely soul. She has wandered the world for centuries, freeing the spirits of the murdered dead. Once a victim herself, she now takes the lives of killers with a vengeance they're due, but releasing innocent ghosts from ethereal te- tethers does not bring Okiku peace. Still, she drifts on. Uh, such is her existence until she meets Tark. Evil writhes beneath the moody teen's skin, trapped in a series of intricate tattoos. While his neighbors fear him, he knows she knows the boy is not a monster. Tark needs to be freed from the malevolence that clings to him. There's just one problem: if the demon dies, so does the host. Um, which I thought was I thought was pretty fascinating. Japanese horror, uh, ghost stories, East Asian folklore, uh, certainly a feminist slant in the the circumstances that okiku finds herself in becoming a ghost um so i've added it to my list maybe that's something that piques your interest you might want to add to your list that sounds awesome actually and uh, gosh i'm having i'm having like just 
just a push and pull in my head right now. I'm like, I want to buy more books. I want to buy all the books, but I can't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If I stacked up every book on my TBR, it would reach to the moon. I know. It would. Yeah. <laughs> I and I had a book book buying ban that I broke yesterday because I was like, no, I'm gonna go buy a stack of stack of spooky books to read. Just makes you so happy to buy books. Yeah. And that's yeah. the problem is that <laughs> that we find happiness <laughs> in buying things, and that's that yeah. is the issue. I decided that I I wouldn't buy a bunch of books. I would just buy two really thick books. So it, mm. it felt like I bought a bunch of books yeah. when I picked the bag up. That's the way to go. That's the way to go. Yeah. Um, so I had one more book. To, well, I, no, actually, I might have two. Oh. Because um, one of them's on my TBR right now, so I haven't read it. But let me let me talk about this other one first. Okay. So the other one that I had chose was how some abuelitas keep their Chicana granddaughters still while painting their portraits in winter by Miriam Gerba. Longest title of a book that I have ever heard in my life. But this one is often compared to Carmen Maria Mikado's Her Body and Other Parties. I know that Devin is looking for something like Mikado. So I think that he'll like it. Um, it has a ton of creepy but still funny stories that are full of bodies that are either dead, alive, or they're ghostly. And the titular story is about a grandma who tells terrifying fairy tales, including ones um, about a cannibalistic tamale maker and a <laughs> dog demon from hell. And she tells these stories to her grandchildren and... So it does this really cool thing where it combines like that fairy tale uh, situation with like a 21st century queer and feminist twist. So I think that that's kind of a perfect recommendation for Devin. There was also another one that's on my TBR. It's on my desk because I want to read it this month because it's like kind of Halloween spooky vibes. I'll have to look up the synopsis really quick for it. While you're looking that up, can I just tell you I'm adding this to my list based on the title because sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I really like books with absurdly long titles and I will just read them because of the title <laughs> is really long. What are the other ones? What are some other ones that you've had that have really There's... long titles? <laughs> The only one that comes to mind right now is, is a Bukowski book of poetry called Play the Piano Like a Percussion Instrument Until the Fingers Begin to Bleed a Bit. That is why <laughs> such a long freaking title. It's a very long title. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I found the one that I wanted to talk about. It's Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. And I'm pretty sure Devin's probably already heard of this because it's a super popular book. I've I heard just of this haven't. One. Yeah, I just haven't read it yet. Um, so um, I'll just read the Goodreads description of it because I have not read it yet. Yadriel has summoned a ghost and now he can't get rid of him. When his traditional Latinx family has problems accepting his gender, Yadriel becomes determined to prove himself a real brujo. With the help of his cousin and best friend Maritza, he performs the ritual himself and then sets out to find the ghost of his murdered cousin and set it free. However, the ghost he summons is actually Julian Diaz, the school's resident bad boy, and Julian is not about to go quietly into death. He's determined to find out what happened and tie up some loose ends before he leaves. Left with no choice, Yadriel agrees to help Julian so that they can both get what they want. But the longer Yadriel spends with Julian, the less he wants to let him leave. And I've heard that um, the main character, Yadriel, is a trans character. So um, that's a really cool thing. I've not seen too many trans characters in 
in fiction. I think this is young adult fiction, uh, but it is on my list to read for this month. So I'm very excited about that one. And it's a ghost story. So there you go. That's awesome. There's a long, unfortunate history of of horror movies, at least, and definitely, definitely the paperbacks of the 80s of um, not having a lot of representation. And when it's there, um, it's not it's not treated appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's the old accurate situation of like, oh, there's there's a black character in the movie. Well, we know who's going to die first because yeah. that's happened all the time in the 80s. Yeah. So that's great to see that that is that has turned around. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I'm super excited for that one. Um, yeah. Did you have any other books that you wanted to talk about? No, there's not. But I will say, based on that question, I feel like I should be reading more ghost stories. I think it's one of those things where I was like, I don't, I don't like ghost stories. And then I just <laughs> don't bother looking for them. I do love the series Lock and Key, which is a graphic mm-hmm. novel series. It doesn't quite fit with this, but it's it's a ghost story. It's extremely violent, but cartoony. Mm-hmm. Um, man, is it. A great series. I think I that's a that. Netflix series now too, isn't it? It is. I don't. I don't. I can't attest to the Netflix series, but the the six volumes of graphic novels are some of the some of the best things I've I've read mm-hmm. um, in in horror fiction. Awesome. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our show. My glasses are bothering me. I'm gonna take them off. It's hard to wear glasses and your headphones at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that brings us to the end of our episode. We really need your help listeners we need you to help us get more recommendation questions we (laughs) would really appreciate it if you would go to our website click on the get recommendation button and ask us to recommend you a book because we don't have too many questions in in our queue right now so um (laughs) if you could do that that'd be great it'd take you like two seconds to fill it out what what did we say before oh ask us ask us um to recommend you books that you that will help you get through a job that you hate. So yeah, you there do you that. go. There you go. Maybe sometime <laughs> feel free to steal this one. Otherwise, I'll put it in the sheet. But like, maybe maybe what's a good book to read while you're while you're drinking? Mm-hmm. Not like not like you're wasted, but you know what I mean. Like you get a nice glass of wine in your hand. What would be a good good book for that? Yeah. I don't know. It's a suggestion. Ask us anything. Give us a specific title you like. We'll give you recommendations based on that title. And if you know someone who is looking for a certain type of book, tell them to fill it out or fill it out for them. And then you can <laughs> take the credit that you were the one who came up with all these recommendations. There's that. Yeah, you can do that. You can mm-hmm. also keep up with us on our Discord and our Instagram. Both of those will be linked in the show notes below. Please give us a follow so that you can keep up to date with us. We also have a, an email newsletter where we send out the newest books that have released this week that comes out on Tuesdays and then I'm also doing a new thing for our blog if there are any writers out there we are putting out something every Sunday that's a list of literary magazines that are open for submissions so you can check that out on our blog I'll also have it in our newsletters that go out on Tuesdays as well so make sure you sign up for that and that's the end of my spiel thanks everyone so much for listening bye internet peeps